glorify your name for this evening. We thank you, Lord, that your word, this seed, is sown on good ground, good soil. And God, my prayer is that wherever our soil is, that we check ourselves out and we prepare, we cultivate it, and we prepare ourselves. For God, we are in the very last days. There is so much going on so quickly in the times that we're in that it's almost like, it's hard, well, it's hard to believe for me, God, that we're in July already. I thank you, Father, that I can yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body, and that the Holy Spirit dwells within me. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the seed, the word that comes forth out of my mouth, the seed that's planted, that this seed, God, will be planted and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. That God, we're not as tears of the word, but sores only. I bind every demonic spirit, every principality and power, and I loosen the very power and the anointing of God in Jesus' name, amen. If you would turn to, um, hang on just a minute. I wanna see if I wanna do. Let's go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 4 first. You know, it's interesting. Verse 14, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, and then we'll move on and, and go to Matthew. Praise you, Father. Let's go to verse 12. In order that they may indeed look and look but not see and perceive and may hear and hear but not grasp and comprehend, lest haply they should turn again as it their willful rejection of the truth should be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not discern and understand this parable? How then it, is it possible for you to discern and understand all the parables? So he says here in, in verse 13, Know ye not this parable, and how then... Will you know all parables? So what he's saying is you've got to know this parable and understand this parable. And it says the sower sows the word. The ones along the path are those who have the word sown in their hearts. But when they hear, Satan comes at once and by force takes away the message which was sown in them. You notice it says by force. That's pretty heavy when you think about that that Satan cometh immediately, right away, and taketh away the word. Now we can turn that off, Laurel. Taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise,
I'm going to go back to the amplifier. And in the same way, the one sewn upon stony ground are those who, when they hear the word, at once re re receive and accept and welcome it with joy. And they have no real root in themselves, so they endure for a little while. Then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately are offended, become displeased, indignant, resentful, and they stumble and fall away. And, when, and the ones sown among the thorns are those who hear the word. Then the cares and anxieties of the world and distraction of the age and the pleasures and delights and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word and it becomes fruitless. This one always, this, this right now, I totally believe that we as the body, not as a body, but the body of Christ are in right now. That the cares and the anxieties of the world and the distractions of the age and the pleasures and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and craving and passionately desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word and it becomes fruitless. You'll find, if you go back, if you find that you become stagnant in an area, that usually it's something from the care of the world that has crept in and caused you to miss out and the, world become, and the word becomes suffocated and becomes fruitless. And those sown on good, well-adapted soil are the ones who hear the word and receive and accept and welcome it and bear fruit some 30 times as much and as was sown, some 60 times as much, and some even 100 times as much. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought to be put under a peck measure or under a bed and not to be put on the lamp stand? So let's go ahead and turn now to Matthew 13. That was Mark. Now Matthew. Come on, Matthew, get up here. And let's go ahead and turn to my notes together here. I want to go to verse 1. That same day, and I'm going to read out of the Amplified again. I might be going back and forth, but that same day, Jesus went out of the house and was seated beside, seated beside, sitting beside the sea. But such great crowds gathered around him. While all the throng stood on the shore, he, he gets in a boat. He got into a boat and remained sitting there while all the throngs stood on the shore. And he told them many things in parables, stories, and by illustrations and comparisons, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell, on the, on, fell by the roadside, and the birds came and ate them up. 
Others' seeds fell on rocky ground where they had not much soil, and at once they spring up because they hold no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched and became, and because they had no root, they dried up and withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and thorns grew up and choked them out. Other seeds fell on good soil and yielded grain, some a hundred times sixty, and as, some sixty times as much, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, and some a hundred, of course, let him hear by listening, and let him consider and perceive and comprehend by hearing. He says, let, him, let them hear by listening and let him consider and perceive and comprehend by hearing. So there's listening and hearing. Some people listen and some people hear. You know, you can sit and listen and sit there thinking about other things and kind of listen and it goes in one ear and out the other. But then you really hear something grips you and you really grab a hold of it and hear. And then some people have become so hard-hearted that they can't hear anymore. They listen and they get, some people literally get disgusted seemingly or, or impatient. Well, I've heard that before. If you ever find yourself saying that, check yourself out and see what's going on. Okay, you might have odd against the teacher. You might have, have a, a, a personal reason that it, did, it didn't work for me, so I'm not going to listen to it. So let's go back here. So I find this very interesting when he says this. Where was I again? Anybody know? Are you listening or hearing? <laughs> he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him be listening and let him consider and perceive and comprehend by hearing. Then the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he replied to them, To you it has been given to know the secrets and mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has spiritual knowledge, to him will more be given. And he will be furnished richly so that he will have abundance but from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. For this reason, I, this reason that I speak to them in parables, because having the power of seeing, they do not see, and having the power of hearing, they do not hear, nor they, do they grasp and understand. That's heavy. In them indeed is the process of fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, you shall indeed hear, and hear, but never grasp and understand, and you shall indeed look and look and never see and perceive. And this nation's heart has grown gross, fat, and dull, and their ears heavy and difficult of hearing, and their eyes they have tightly closed, lest they see and perceive with their ears, and hear and com comprehend the sense with their ears, and grasp and understand with their heart, and turn, and I should heal them. 
Blessed, happy, for, happy, and fortunate, verse 16, to be envied are your eyes because they do see and your ears because they do hear. Truly, I tell you, many people and righteous men who were upright and in right standing with God yearned to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Listen then to the meaning of what the parable of the sower. While anyone is hearing the word in the, of the kingdom and does not grasp and comprehend it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the roadside. For what was sown on the thin, rocky soils, that is he who hears the word and at once welcomes and accepts it with joy, yet it has no real root in him, but is temporary, inconsistent, lacks but little while and when application or, or I'm sorry, affliction or trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, at once he is caused to stumble, he is repelled and begins to distrust and desert him whom he ought to trust and obey and falls away. So what happens is he becomes to distrust the Lord. So many times people do, do not want to wait it out. They want everything now. We're in a generation that wants everything right now, which is sad. And they're not willing to wait. When you think of how long Abraham waited, he waited a long time, even though his wife talked him into blowing it. And boy, we are suffering for the mess of, of that right now. The Ishmael thing, okay? So let's see, where did I stop? Um, Anybody know? No? 21, okay. I'm going to check you guys out on this, so I'll start asking you. 21, yet it has no real root in him, but is tempor temporarily in constant, lacks but a little while. And when affliction or trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, at once he is caused to stumble. He is repelled and begins to distrust and desert him whom he ought to trust and obey, and he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, that is he who hears, hears, is hearing the word, and the cares of the world and the pleasures and delight and glamour and deceitfulness of riches choke and suffocate the word, and it yields no fruit. For what was sown on good soil, that is he who hears the word and grasps and comprehends it, he indeed bears fruit and yields in one case, we know a hundred times as much as was sown 60 and another 30. Another parable, he set forth them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while he, while he was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed also darnel weeds resembling wheat among the wheat and went on his way. So when the plant sprouted and formed, the darnel weeds appeared also and the servants, the owner, came to him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Then how does it have darnell shoots in it? He replied to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and weed them out? When Jesus heard it, he was... Oh, sorry, it turned two pages at once. And he said, No, lest it gather in the wild wheat, weeds resembling wheat, and grow up to the true wheat along with it. Let them grow together until the harvest. 
And at the harvest time, I will say to the reapers, gather the darnel first and bind it in bundles and be burned. But gather the wheat into my granary. Another story, by the way, a comparison. He set forth before them the kingdom of heaven is like the grain of a mustard seed which a man took and sowed it in his field. Of all the seeds of the, of the smallest, but when it has grown, it is the largest of the garden herbs becomes a tree so that birds of the air come and find shelter in his branches. Okay, so let's go ahead back to Mark 4, 14. The sower's identity. You know, this is a message we cannot afford to let go because Jesus said, if you understand this, you will understand all the other messages or parables that I give. So the sower's identity in the parable, the sower is a farmer who is casting seed into his fields. According to Jesus and his interpretation of this parable in Mark 4, 14, the sower sows the word of God and the sower pictured in the parable is a reference to Jesus. And by extension, in all those who preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right now, the seed is being sowed out right now. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Are you hearing or are you listening? And so we're going to look at this a minute. So that's number A. Uh, B, the sower's intentions. Number, number A was the sower's identity. We know that was Jesus. A parable of him sowing the word. As this farmer casts the seeds into his field, he does so with the hope that some will fall on good soil. He sows because he ultimately desires to reap a harvest. You know, when a farmer takes his seeds, and I was thinking today about the time that pastor gave out, I think it was corn. Yeah, it was corn because our Shelties, pastor planted his, and I know that Jason planted his. How old was he then? He must have been little, little what, five, six, something? Do you remember? Well, he planted his, and he got corn off of it, didn't he? Pardon? Did Robbie plant his? Okay, I thought it was Jason. Okay, did he get corn? Did he get a corn? Well, okay, so he got, a, he got corn. I thought it was Jason. Jason must have been real little then. Okay. He got, I think he's the only one that planted it, or some planted it and they died or whatever. You know, you got to water what you plant. So the, the farmer casts the seeds into his field. He does so with the hope that some will fall on good soil. He sows because he ultimately desires to reap a harvest. So tonight, through me, preaching this word, Jesus is sowing right now. Sowing his seed, sowing his word out here tonight. And what is his desire? To reap a harvest. 
a, a big, huge harvest. Amen. Your word of faith, people. So there should be a huge harvest. And so he cast the seed with the expectation of much more in return. The sower has one goal, to get his seed into the ground so the harvest can come. That's, that is what the Lord, when we hear the word, read the word, hear the word, not just listen, but hear the word, and do something. And when you hear the word, you're going to change and do it. Okay, and I'm going to share a little bit about that a little bit further. The same, true, same is true with the seed of the gospel. It is sown into the field of the world with the prayer that it will fall on good hearts, take root, and grow up to produce much fruit to the glory of the Lord. You know, we, we send money off to people all over the world and to missionaries and, and to places where the word is sown. And when we, when we give in these offerings and the church sows, we, I personally expect to see fruit, to hear of fruit taking place. Amen? So that's why we're, Pastor and I are so particular to check on the ministry. Are they doing what they're saying they're doing? Have they changed in their doctrine? And, you know, we found out some had, and we had to quit. We had to, we, we cut that one those and we moved to someone that we knew did okay so the same is true with this seed of the gospel it is sown into the field of the world with prayer that it will fall on good hearts take root grow up produce much fruit for the glory of God these are hearts in this in this very room tonight that will receive the seed of the gospel at one time, that seed germinated in your heart and reproduced within your soul. Now that your life is a fruitful testimony to the power of God's saving grace, to the power of God's healing touch, to, to everything that God has promised to give you as the word is sown, you grow up and you become like Jesus. And we're, then we're to give our lives out and go sow, that, sow our lives out. You know, it's not just for the fivefold ministry. That's for the lay people also. You're, sheep are to go beget sheep. They're to bring sheep in. Okay. Now your life is a fruitful testimony of the power of God's saving grace. This is the intention of the whole heavenly sower. That's my desire right now as I as I sow this seed unto you, or the Lord does. Now, see, the sower's investment, okay? The, the farmer must have something away before he can expect, must give something away before he can expect to receive anything in return. If nothing is given, how can you expect to get something? You know, if I sat up here and talked to you about the news and talked, I mean, trust me, there are some churches that do that, that show videos of whatever. I actually watched a sermon one time and wanted to see what this church was. They were showing videos of stuff that wasn't even scriptural or didn't even make sense. And I thought, 
And this church is, was a large church, and I'm sitting here thinking, where's the word? I wasn't trying to criticize, but where's the word? Where is there something tangible to grab a hold of? Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so you've got to have, the in this time, in this hour that we live in, we have got to have a strong diet of the meat of the word. We cannot have the milk of the word. If, if I, I couldn't handle that. I could not bear to be in a church and be the pastor of a church that just wanted the milk, just wanted to go do whatever during the week and then come on Sundays and Wednesday nights, maybe, whatever. So this farmer, this sower, must give something away before he can expect to receive anything in return. He takes the, pre the precious seed that he saved from the last harvest and he casts it into soil, hoping that it will produce a great harvest. When you give of your tithes and offerings, and I, I tell people to write on your checks, you know, Malachi, and what you're believing for. You know, write that down on your, you know, that little area. And if you don't have enough, write it all over the envelope, what you're believing for, especially the, what you give over your tithes. Those are your offerings. And write what you're believing for. And at the beginning of the year, sit down. And, you know, if you're married, sit down with your mate. What, what are we believing for this year as we give of our tithes and our offerings? What is that we're believing, believing for as we sow? It says, give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosom? Amen? Amen? So, Jesus, tonight, as this word is going forth, He's expecting a mighty harvest to come forth out of this word that's being sown. He's expecting for each one of you to receive that that you're believing for. Okay, so he takes the precious seed that he saved from the last harvest and he casts it into the soil, hoping and believing that it will produce a great harvest. There are several things that when you cast your seed out in the soil right now, because we have a, a well, they say we have a drought, but the water's being pumped out in places. Well, I'm not going to go into politics right now, but yes, we have not had much rain. Um, but right now, the farmer has to believe not just for the seed, but he's got to believe for the water. And how, do, and how do we believe for the water? It's the washing of the water, the word. So we have to water down, soak that word that we plant in ourselves. You understand? With prayer and with, with scriptures that back up what you've sown. Okay? So this farmer, 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 is believing that it will produce a great harvest. The seed is all that the farmer has, and he gives it away, believing, hoping. This is what the heavenly sower did. Jesus gave his all, so there, there might be gospel seed to cast 
into the soil of the human hearts. He gave it all, everything. He did not hold back anything. And he said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He said, you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. He conquered, but in the word it says, the things that he did, that I did, Jesus said, greater things shall you do because I'm going to the Father. Because I've paid the, the price. I've paid the full price. So everything that I did now with the believers is to be multiplied. Think about this. And we're it. We're the last generation to go forth and do the works of God. And so get this tonight. Like he said, if you get this, if you get this parable, this is the one you've got to get and understand. So Jesus gave us all so that there might be gospel seed to cast into soil of the human hearts. He died on the cross and rose again, literally giving us all. Knowing that some seed would fall on the good soil and that a great harvest would come back to him. I want you to think about this. We, it's, it's so sad, but in the age that we're living in, and we're going to get down to the, the cares of the world and the things of the world that are going on. But when the disciples went out and proclaimed the gospel, number one, they didn't have washers. and We have it made. We've got cars. We can fly anywhere we want. <laughs> you can go through a fast food place and, and get your food. I mean, it wasn't easy. When they went out and they headed out to preach the gospel, it was not easy. We really need to think about this. There is, for this generation, there's not going to be an excuse. See, I don't like this sermon. Well, we need to like it. We need to hear it because it's the truth. (laughs) This was not my idea to preach this today. It was the Lord's, okay? And Wednesday night service are the ones that are hungry and those are the ones that are going to most likely be the ones that are going to sow and more and receive the blessings. They've come to hear, not just listen. I'm not saying that, that Sundays doesn't, but if you come on Wednesday night and run home, cook dinner, get kids ready, do whatever, you're hungry and you want the word, Okay. It'd be much easier to just throw out, you know, come in the door and throw on whatever you throw on when you come in the door. Take off whatever you take off and throw on whatever you throw on and say, I'm just going to sit back and relax and just do whatever. And, you know, that is happening in churches. And God sees you here tonight. So God has this message for you tonight because he has much sowing that he's doing in your life and much for you to do and much blessing for you to attain. And that is powerful. So you're, just, you're not just here tonight. You're not just sitting there. You, you're usually in the children's church, Laurel. You're here to hear this for, for, to receive the blessings that come from the sowing and the reaping. Hallelujah. So he died on the cross and rose again, literally gave us all knowing that some seed would fall on good soil and that a great harvest would come back to him. Jesus gave us all for you and me so that we might have 
a gospel to believe. You know, have you ever thought, you know, I try not to judge other people because we could have been born. We could have been born. I mean, we women could be having on burkas right now and stuff. I mean, and if you fought back, that's it. I, I probably would have been dead by now if I had to have one. I'm just going to tell you, just my nature and whatever. But we could have been born somewhere else. We could have right now been in a place where we're tortured for Jesus right now. But we're here. We're free right now. And what are we going to do with that freedom? Holy Spirit's out. And what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with the privilege that he's given us right now in this country that's losing its freedom every day more and more? What are we going to do with it right now while we have it? Get excited. This is a privileged sermon that you're hearing, that we're hearing. I'm, I feel privileged to be able to give this sermon tonight and to glean off of what God wants us to have because there are free gifts being poured out in the word tonight. Slap yourself across your face and be ashamed if you've become hardened in your heart and become to the place where the, the word does not turn you on anymore and you're not excited about the things of God. Dangerous, dangerous spot to be in in this hour. It says to stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. I'm not, I'm not going to back off. I'm, it's going to be stronger and stronger. I'm not going to back off. John 6, 37. Let's go up to um, in John. Let's look at thirty-two, thirty-one, mm. third twenty-nine, twenty-eight. <laughs> We're going to twenty. We're going to twenty-six. Jesus answered them. I'm in the amplified. John six. Twenty-six. Mm. Hang on. Jesus answered them, I assure you, and most solemnly I tell you, you have been searching for me, not because you saw the miracles and signs, but because you were fed with the loaves and were filled and satisfied. They were after the, the things that, that would fulfill their fleshly desires. Okay? Still toiling and doing and producing and producing for the food that perishes and, and decomposes in the using, but strive and work and, and produce rather for the lasting food which endures continually unto life eternal. The Son of Man will give furnish you that for God the Father has authorized and certified him and put his real his seal and endorsement upon him. Glory to God. Then, 
Then they then said, what are we to do that we may habitually be working the works of God? What are we to do to carry out what God requires? That is the scripture in itself. This is something we should ask God. What am I to do, God, to carry out what you desire and what you require? What is it, God, that you would have me do? That's what hungry hearts ask. Are you taping this? Good. Because this stuff is not my notes, so that's good. Jesus replied, This is the work service that God asks of you, that you believe in the one whom he has sent, that you cleave to, trust, rely on, and have faith in his messenger. 30. Therefore they said to him, What sign, miracle, wonder, work will you perform then, so we may see and believe and rely on and adhere to you? What supernatural work have you to show what you can do? Unbelievable. Our forefathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as the scripture says. He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, I assure you most surely, solemnly, I tell you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. What Moses gave you was not the bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gave you who gives you the bread, the heavenly, the true heavenly bread. It was God that gave them the bread. People are busy looking to man to give them. For the bread of God is he who comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then, he said to him, then they said to him, Lord, give us the bread always, all the time. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. And he who believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me will never thirst anymore at any time. Hallelujah. But as I told you, although have seen, you have seen me, still you do not believe and trust and have faith. All whom my Father gives and trusts to me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. I will never, no never, reject one of them who comes to me. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will and purpose, but do the will and the purpose of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, and I should, that I should not lose any of all that he has given me, but that I should give new life and raise them all up in the last day. What day are we in? For this is my Father's will and his purpose, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up, from the dead in the last days. Now the Jews murmured and found fault with and grumbled about Jesus because he said, I am myself the bread that came down from heaven. Hallelujah. Okay. Acts 16, 31. I don't know about you, but this is exciting to me. I mean, there might be some 
correction in this and some hard correction in this, but I enjoy correction. I don't want my ears tickled. I'm sorry, but I don't. Not in this hour. Then they answered. In the Lord Jesus, give yourself up to him. Take yourself out of your own keeping and entrust yourself into his keeping and you will be saved. And this applies both to you and your household as well. And they departed and they declared the word of the Lord, the doctrine concerning the attainment through Jesus Christ, the eternal salvation of the kingdom of God to him and to all who were in his house. And they took and he took them in the same hour and that night bathed, bathed them because of their bloody wounds. And he was baptized immediately and all the members of his household. Thank you, Jesus. Then he took them up into his house and set food before them. And they leaped much. He, and then he leaped much joy and exalted with his family that had that he believed in God, accepting and joyously welcoming what he had made known through Christ. We should be jumping and leaping and excited for God. Not, oh, I'm here. This is not it, church. We need to be excited for God. I mean, totally excited, on fire. We're here. We're blessed. We know the word of God. We've been blessed with the word of God. How many of you have ever gone to church where you did not get fulfilled with the word of God and felt like you left every Sunday with nothing? How many? Honestly. Me? You and I, I guess, the only two. I'll tell you, the church pastor took me to his church. I said, I went twice, maybe three. I said, I don't know what you get out of this, but I don't get a thing until I see miracles and healings and the word preached that I can take and do something with. I'm not going. And I was serious. And plus, I didn't like the up, down, kneel and all that stuff that went on. I'm going on. John 6:47. Hey, my thing was, my child, when Matt almost died, and I was such an agnostic person, before my eyes, and I cried out, I didn't, believe, I didn't even believe in God. I certainly did not believe in Jesus. And I, I did not believe in God, but I saw my son dying before me and praying, God, if you are real, heal this child. That's as far as I went. From that time, when I cried out to God, from that time, he began to show me Jesus. Amen? John 6, 47. Are we going to let those around us die and go to hell because we don't, we're, not, we're not happy? We're not happy, joyful Christians? We're just sojourners going through this, this mess. And while we're going through it, rejoice, get excited for Jesus, and let people look at you and say, what's different about you? Amen? They should be coming to you and saying, I want what you have. Praise God. Laurel, move it over here. Right in front of me, please. Just move yourself and your Bible. Just, just not everything, but I need you right there. Amen. And get excited.
John 6, 47. Lisa, just get excited today. Get excited, people. Or I'm going to jump up and down on my chair, and that will be a sight. <laughs> I have done it before, right, Laurel? I don't believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Six. Forty-seven. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, he who believes in me, who adheres to, trusts in, relies on, and, his, and has faith in me, has now possessed eternal life. I am the bread of life that gives life, the living bread. Your forefathers ate man in the wilderness, and yet they died. But this is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that anyone may eat this, eat of it, and never die. Hallelujah. God's desire for every person is eternal life. That is his desire. It's eternal life. And life more abundantly. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came to give life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. I myself am this living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And also the bread that I have, I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh and body. Then the Jews angrily contended with one another, saying, How is he able to give us his flesh? To you? Oh, they got mad over that. Hallelujah. So we see here, this message was preached is a free gift of salvation in this church. It's a free gift. It's not, and this gift was not cheap. This gift was not cheap. This was the greatest thing that God ever did for this world. Don't take him for granted, please. He gave all that he had to give us a soul-saving, life-challenging gospel to preach and believe. Glory to God. The treasure of the seed, Luke 8, 11. The treasure of the seed. I'm going to be honest. I like to watch cooking shows. But if I'm watching more cooking shows than reading the Bible, I got me a big fat problem. Okay, there's, not, there's nothing much to watch on TV anymore, I'll be honest. But I am not going to become a gourmet cook. I guarantee you that those days are over. I have no desire. I used to be, but there's no desire there. Say, oh, boy, you're meddling now. Luke 8, 11. What did I say? 8, 11. Uh, let's go to 10. When they asked 9, they asked him what the meaning of this parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to come progressively to know and recognize and understand more strongly and clearly the mysteries and secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are parables. Now the meaning of this parable is this, the word of God. 
Hallelujah. So Jesus identifies the seed as the word of God in the uh, King James is now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word. Okay. When the farmer walked into his field with his seed bag, he held his hand in his hand a genuine treasure. He cast that treasure to the wind, hoping it would accomplish his desires. See, God created us. He spoke in existence about us before the foundations of the world. He knew what it was going to take for us to become who he wanted us to be. So he planted, plants us in churches. Now, some people leave churches because they get upset, whatever. But if he plants you in a church that's the word of faith church, and then he plants you in a church to have you fed and ready and prepared to go forth and do the, the works of him. Amen? Amen? And so when a pastor prays and prepares the message, he prepares the message, you, you know, I want to teach something else, I'm sure, tonight. But this is what God wanted you to hear. And I'm glad because I'm getting a lot out of this myself. So the word is, the, the seed is the word of God. When the farmer walks in his field with his seed bag, he held in his hand a genuine treasure. He cast the treasure to the wind, hoping it would accomplish his desires. 2,000 years ago, Jesus walked into the world with a treasure. He, gave, he came to give men the gospel when Jesus cast the seed of the gospel into the shifting winds of this world, he did so with the sure knowledge that it would accomplish his purpose completely. I don't want to get to heaven and hear, well, instead of well done, thy good and faithful servant. Praise God. I want to make sure I get to heaven. <laughs> Isaiah 55, 11. You know, a lot of people might say in their hearts, well, why is more expected of us? More has been given. We've already had Jesus, but revelation knowledge is growing more and more rapidly in this hour. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss it. 5511. O thou afflicted, tossed, and tempted, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones with four corners and lay the, the foundations with sapphires. And it says in 14, In righteousness shall thou be established. Thou shalt not be far from oppression, but thou shalt not fear and from terror, and it shall not come near thee. Praise you, Jesus. Then it says in, in verse 17 that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment shall be shown to be in the wrong. This peace, righteousness, security, triumph over opposition. This is 17 of 54. Sorry, I'm in 54. We're in 54. Hallelujah. Some of you need this tonight. But no weapon that is formed against you, 17, the others was 54, 11. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment shall be shown to be in the wrong. This peace, righteousness, security, triumph over opposition, 
is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Those in whom the ideal servant of the Lord is produced. This is the righteousness or the vindication which they obtain from me. That is what I impart them as their justification, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Now we can go to the scripture that I was supposed to do. Isaiah 55, 11. That was a freebie for us. Let's go to eight. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For the heavens are higher than the earth, and so my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is why the enemy's constantly trying to get thoughts in your mind. He does not want God's thoughts to be in your mind. He's constantly trying to batter your mind with his thoughts, with his confusion, with his discouragement, with his whatever. Whatever you allow to fly around in there. Let's go on. Where did I stop? For, the, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and return not there again, but, the, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect unless... It shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Amen. Don't allow junk to get in the way of what God has planned for you and has desired for you and has spoken over you. Get it out of the way. You know, if... if the enemy is, is trying to put blinders on people. Don't allow him to. Amen. If your body or your flesh doesn't feel like doing something that God's word says you're to do, you should do the total opposite of what the enemy is trying to tell you to do. Right. I'm telling you honestly. Don't let him control you. Don't let him control areas of your life. Okay. So his word goes forth. My word that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void without producing any effect useless, but it shall accomplish that which pleases and purpose, and it shall prosper the thing for which I sent it. When you don't feel, and we don't go by feelings, but you know, you know if you're not on fire for God like you were at one point, there's something wrong. There is something wrong. Deal with it. Get counsel. Call your pastors. Deal with it. If you have offense towards someone, especially your pastor, don't ever get offended. How many read the loyalty page I gave out? Anybody? Well, I guess you're going to get a sermon on that, aren't you? <laughs> I sat here three times messing with, should I hand it out? Should I hand it out? Probably shouldn't have. I'm, I'm 
over not being blunt. So you may as well, this is it, okay? Because there's not that much time. You know, if everybody, if a lot of people are right and the rapture's going to take place during Rosh Hashanah this year, I don't know if it is or not. If it is, praise God. If it isn't, whatever. I'm going to be in Hawaii. You're on your own. <laughs> Seriously. I know one thing, I'm going to make it. So, where are we? Okay, you got it. Notice the treasure of the seed. A, it holds great power. It holds great power. The word is the most powerful thing there is. Amen. The word of God is the most powerful thing there is. What are you doing with it? Maybe I should do this over Sunday morning. What are you doing with it? The most powerful, wonderful thing that, that we have ever in the whole world, ever. Out of this world. It's, this is go, the word will be with us all our life. Through eternity. Through eternity. Before the seed falls on the soil, the soil devoid of life, it, it, li it lies there barren and empty. But when the seed falls onto good soil and germinates, it always brings life to something that before was dead. But if it cannot fall on soil, on good soil, as we're going to find out, and probably not tonight, but if it, it, if it cannot, and you're going to find out about these soils, if it, can't if it doesn't end up on good soil, cultivated soil, it can't do anything. This old humbug, oh, whatever, and this saying, oh, I'm a Christian, and that's just fine, or whatever, and the rest of the people can go to hell. No. When, when, when that seed is falling on good soil, there's excitement in the person. There's a hunger. You can't, you, you just absorb it. You just cannot. If anybody's being harassed, I take authority over it now in the name of Jesus. You, you, you just, you, you want more. You, I want more. I want more. I want more of this seed. I want more of this word. I remember one time someone came to the church and he said, you know, you remind me of Brother Hagen. Too much word. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that was a real, uh, that was not an insult, sir. It was a very good compliment. Before the seed falls on the soil, the soil devoid of life, it lies there barren and empty. But when the seed falls on good soil, it germinates. It always brings life to something that before was dead. So it is with the gospel. It brings life to dead hearts of those lost in their sin. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. 
Anybody that's ever backslidden knows when you, when you start to come back, it's not real easy. Why? I've asked pastor before, why, why? Why wasn't it easy? What, what, what happened that, that caused it not to be easy? The world, the world got in, the cares of the world. Lost my hunger. Now I'm having to, now I'm having, you know, at first, it was there. It was like, wow, this is exciting. This is, but when you, have, when you come back, and, and every person that I've ever talked to that's backslidden and comes back, they did not expect it to be the fight that it, that it was. Because the enemy knew, I got you once. I'm going to do my hardest to get you again. If you go to this church and you stay in this church and you stay here keeping hearing the word and coming to every service, one day it'll be like that and it'll just fall off you. That's what the word does. So, Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, and then we're going to close. I thought I was going to finish this tonight. And you he made alive. Let's move up. Paul didn't write chapter 2, verse 1. So let's move up a little things, a little bit here. To verse 17 of chapter um, 1. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you with the spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets into the deep and intimate knowledge of him. This is what you should pray over yourself and expect your pastors to pray for you. But by, the, but by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich his goodness, inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe and demonstrate in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand of the heavenly places above all rule and authority and power and dominion and, and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred not only in this age and in this world but also in the age and the world which are to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised through the church. You notice it doesn't say he has put him ahead of the world he said he has put him ahead of the church so if you stay in church and if you stay in the word and if you st Jesus is the head and he has his free reign in your life okay which his body the fullness of him who fills all in all for the body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete who makes everything complete Jesus will make you complete. Amen. Hallelujah. He is making you complete. Amen. 
This seed falling tonight is making you complete. There's hope in his word. There's not hope in the garbage that's out there, the other stuff to look at. Why would I want to sit down and watch a, a show on vitamins when I've got the healer? When I have this, this is the healer. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Am I against vitamins? No, I take my four Flintstones every day. I chew them every day. <laughs> okay, one through five. It's two. And you, he made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sins, in which at one time you walked habitually, you were following the course and fashion of this world, were under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power in the air. You were obedient to and under control. Now listen to this. Listen to this one. Because you are not to be obedient to anymore. So you can tell yourself, you know what? The old person that I served, get out of my mind. Get out, out of here. I'm not obedient to you. Do you realize when you listen to things and you do what the things tell you to do, that you're obedient to the old master that you used to serve? That's not who you're obedient to anymore. Glory to God. Under the control of the demon spirit that, will const that constantly works in the sons of disobedience and the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purpose of God. Why do you get upset at sinners? This is, this is what they do. They have a master that tells them to do this, and they do it. Okay? If you're going to be a sinner, you may as well be the best one. If you're going to hell, that's what I tell people when I witness. I don't want to, I don't want to receive... Well, good. If you're going to hell, I mean, it's not good, but if you're going to hell, it better be, may as well be the best one you want to be because you may as well do everything that you want to do that's out there because there's a hell to go to. I love to go soul winning. I love to see a person. My favorite thing is to go soul winning. Well, no, my favorite thing is to lead praise and worship. Number two would probably be soul winning. Preaching the word. Those three all go together, but it's just something to get in the, I mean, just leading people in the presence of God. Okay. Among, I mean, among these, we all, we, we, as well as you, once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated our senses and dark imaginings. We were then by children, nature children of God's wrath and heirs of his indignation, lest the rest of mankind, but God so richly in his mercy, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful intense love with which he loved us. Hallelujah. And it goes on and tells us what he did. He, quick, he quickened him. And he says, and he raised us up together with him and made us to sit together, living us, verse 6, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come 
the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor, in his kindness and goodness of heart towards me in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then it goes on to verse 10. It says, and I'm ending with this, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. You've been recreated in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. He prearranged and made ready for us to live in that. That's wild. That's awesome. It's wild and awesome. You say, well, do you watch cooking shows? Yeah, I watched Chop last night. Am I going to cook those? What were those things? That was gross. But I better be reading the word as much. There's nothing to watch on TV. I mean, you record, I record it and then whatever. I went on the Christian station and got to hear someone I used to love listening to talk about mysticism. And, and that was, I would, that's it. And I think our TVs are all going to go out. Praise you, Jesus, except I love to watch Rodney Hare Brown and Brother Hagen. Okay, I hope you got a lot. Have some questions. What that you need to ask yourself? What importance does the word have in your life? What areas are, are you lacking in? Are you cultivating the land in your life? Are you cultivate? Are you preparing it? If you have a need and you know it, are you studying the scriptures that you need to study to fulfill that area, to build yourself up in it? You know, sometimes those that you hang with can pull you down. Remember, the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. Don't let them. I want to thank those that brought dinners. I really appreciated that. Pastor was eating well. He didn't have to eat my cooking. I was trying to run around and do everything that he does and that I do and whatever. Hallelujah. He's the healed in Jesus' name. Okay, does anybody need...